0: Welcome to the Better Clinician Podcast with myself, Ben Cormack, and also Adam Meekins. The Better Clinician Project brings you high-quality education at a ridiculously low price. This podcast will bring you topics that are relevant to modern clinical practice, all done with a bit of fun and humour. Nothing in this podcast constitutes medical advice.
1: Okay then, here we go with another month and another Thoughtful Thursday, where me and Ben start to rack our brains and think deep and hard and meaningful, well, as much as we can do, around some of the questions that are thrown at us by our BCP members. Uh, Ben, are you feeling deep and thoughtful on this? I'm
0: about as deep
1: as a thimble. And that's just emotionally?
0: Yeah, and, uh, intellectually, emotionally, yeah. I'm a, I'm a very <laughs> shallow kind of guy. You're like a saucer, mate. I am, I am. I have the depth of a saucer. But thanks, thanks for uh, pointing that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, well right, as I, I said, it's always good to get questions from the BC peers, and we've been trying to G them up, and we've been trying to get some of our non-regular Um, BCPers to comment, and uh, we finally succeeded at last. I don't know what it was when you're asking you questions this month, but we seem to have had a deluge of new people asking questions for Thoughtful Thursday, which is always nice.
0: Yeah, we always like to see questions. from. As much as we love to get our regulars posing these, uh, you know, deep and tantalising questions, it's also good to get some other people involved as well, and we want to hear from as Many of our members as possible, and that's uh, that's really cool. Yep, so should we get started with the first one then, mate? Let's get on with it. Let's do it.
1: So this is coming from, and please, please, I apologise if I pronounce the name wrong, but I think it's Stefa or Stepper. I'm not quite sure. Uh, Stepper Hibbard has asked us uh, a little clinical case scenario of a patient that they're seeing that has obviously gone to see somebody else as well and it says that they've had a patient of theirs who has had some lower back tightness who did some low level mobility work uh, in their available ranges just to help them move and release tension but then they went to see a physio where they were told absolutely no rotational movements are allowed at all And they had to work through clamshells, reverse clamshells and sideline hip abduction as their pelvis is out of alignment. (laughs) And it needs to be fully healed and then progressed back into standing exercises or exercises. But they were then also told to go ahead and do some squats, some leg presses and hanging from a bar. And Stefa has asked us for our thoughts on this as they thought it was slightly contradictory advice. Now, I don't know if it's contradictory advice, but I'll certainly start off by saying it sounds fucking stupid, ridiculous advice, in my opinion. Pelvises do not go out of fucking position. Not without significant trauma. And they're normally in AE, not in a physio department. That's the first thing I'll say here. Fucking pelvis is out of place. What is... It with the resurgence of pelvises coming out of place all of a sudden recently.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if it's a re- re- resurgence per se. I a little
1: peak of okay. it coming back I of it on social media and hearing stories like Steph has just uh, explained there.
0: Yeah, I, I think that this has always been under the you know under the surface or even on top of the surface. I think maybe social media sometimes promotes these kind of you know simplistic answers they go well on a video or well on a slide um but yeah i suppose we just have to come back to uh, the biomechanical research in this area don't we the anatomical research and say you know um a lot of the type of uh tests that are used for, for this type of thing don't really tell us that um, when we actually look at things like bony landmarks and the amount that SI joints move, and you know these kind of orientations of the pelvis, we see actually, like all things, variability is high and it's normal. And um, yeah, I, I think that you know, again, it comes back to that idea of the the body as the machine, and 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 you need to, you need to kind of repair and align it like you might your wheels on your car or your tracking. Um, and I, you know, I think fundamentally, that's a pretty flawed perspective.
1: It is flawed, and it is ridiculous in 2023 that this is still a common narrative that seems to say be rearing its head. A little bit more often than it was, I think, five years ago for some reason. I don't know why it seems to have gone backwards rather than progressing things forward. And it always makes me feel embarrassed when I hear another physiotherapist giving this type of advice and information to to people and then other therapists overhearing this and going, you know what, that doesn't sound right. It isn't fucking right. And physios should know better. You know, they should be, you know, more informed and better educated than most others, in my opinion. Not that I think you know, not want to get too hierarchical in the old therapy ranking systems, but I just think physio should be held to a higher level of standard. And so I just think, you know, it's very disappointing when I still hear physios giving this advice and, and it just common fucking sense as well. You know, I, I think most rational, common sense people realize my pelvis isn't going to go out of place unless I've had a significant trauma, unless I've fallen off a ladder that 20 foot high, which is what I've got to do it this weekend. I've got to go up a ladder and paint fucking windows. So I'm a bit nervous about that in case I do fall off. And I might misalign my pelvis if I land awkwardly. But that's about the only time that you're going to kind of create these type of injuries. Not, you know, waking up in the morning going, cool, my back feels really bad. Or you bent over and pick something up and go, fucking hell, God, that really hurt. That's not just how the body just behaves. Your pelvis doesn't go out of alignment just because you just bent over or got out of bed in the morning.
0: Yeah, well, I think we're always on this lookout for a reason for something, aren't we? You know, and years ago, and even still today, and I still see this with things like CPD courses, you know, people, if you give people a test and an exercise to help it, people are really, really satisfied. Uh, and years ago, that used to be that upslip and downslip and upflare and counter Do you remember all those kind of terminologies that used to float around and you know it was all very technical around the pelvis wasn't it and you were meant to be able to identify when one side was flared and or nutated or rotated or any of these things uh, and the basic reality is all you're probably doing is identifying variations in anatomy mm-hmm. um and i think that's the you know that that, that again we, that's the basic failing is that You know, we have all this information from 25, 30 years ago that doesn't seem to go away, and people still see the body as this perfect, reliable, mechanical, like we're all built in a factory, you know. We're all spat out like Furbies, and we're all the same type of thing, you know. And actually, the reality is I have lumpy, bumpy bits in places that you don't, and you have lumpy, bumpy bits in places that I don't, right? Um you know, and if you, yeah,
1: you know, I, I'm hoping we've got roughly similar lumpy bumpy bits, but you're right, there's going to be some
0: variation in its size and the locations. And yeah. Yeah. like I always say, great example, my great example is always the tibial tuberosity. Now, okay. now, for some people, I'm scrabbling around trying to find where the hell theirs is. And then for someone else, you know, they've got a tibial t- tuberosity that's like poking me in the chest from about uh, three foot away. Right, yeah. you can't yeah. avoid this thing. It's like dominating your your very existence, and you see it coming around the corner before they yeah, leave. it comes. You know, <laughs> and just, you know sometimes these people have like history of good slatters, and you know, and and they're really kind of prominent and out there, and that for me just tells us that you know, that, that we have these huge very, look, people have different size noses and mouths and ears and chins, but all our pelvises are meant to be absolutely perfect and exactly the same, in the same place, with all the same knobbly bits, uh, and the reality is when you're doing all of these assessments you are probably just assessing the variation in knobbly bits you're not actually assessing um, you know uh, alignment or, or positioning um and i think that that just is a really flawed perspective of human beings
1: yeah it's a shitty narrative as well for a healthcare professional to to tell people these sort of things as well because i do think it it can leave some unfortunate negative consequences that often the therapist doesn't see you know it can create this fear of fragility of making it slip out again of feeling like you know you're yeah, easily damaged and all those sort of things as well so it's a shitty narrative it's an narrative it's shitty it's potentially harmful as well and it just needs to be moved away from i can understand like you said you know the desire to give a narrative to explain why somebody has pain and that's where these biomechanical things do you know make our lives a bit easier because they are sometimes plausible you know they do give us that ability to be able to explain pain simply rather than going through all the complexities and the uncertainties and all the other multiple factors that could be contributing to it because we just sometimes don't have time to inform or explain all that or you know it's it's a bit harder communicating that across clearly and concisely where it's much easier to say yep your pelvis is out of alignment rather than yeah, you've got a lot of stress going on in the background of your life, I think, at the moment. You're not sleeping very well. Your diet's a bit shit. You're not exercising as much as you could do. You're gaining a bit of extra timber. You're just naturally aging a bit. You know, all these other explanations that can be contributing to pain. But then the other thing that pops to my mind, though, is you mentioned this before, you know, is how plausible or easy is it is to explain something. How how reliable is that narrative and how robust is it to stand up to you know, the the person's interpretation or explanations later on down the line. And this is the other thing that Stefan mentioned. She found it a bit contradictory where they were saying, you know, you've got to let your pelvis set and go back into position, but you're quite okay to do squats, which surely, you know, is going to put load through the pelvis. And if it was that easily affected and damaged, then why is it okay then to do squats? That's contradictory.
0: But remember, I think they'd counter that with it's the what type of load, whether it's oh, is it rotational, okay. is it sheer force, yeah. you know. So, so, I mean, that point here of no rotation, um, it, I, I just find it, you know, quite fantastical because, you know, absolutely no rotation. <laughs> you can go out and you can walk. which is about the most rotational thing that human beings do um you know it's like no 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 rotation not even gentle rotational exercises can i walk of course you can because walking is just in a straight line isn't it no it's a massive massive amount of rotation um and actually i think when you look at lower back pain and, and the intervention of walking i actually think that it's kind of One of the reasons it probably helps is it's rotational and, uh, you know, it doesn't just provide load up and down like a lot of exercises. It provides another stimulus, um, you know, that that maybe is a little bit different and maybe um, the the body likes a bit of rotation. In fact, I think it's the underutilized exercise in lower back pain that we, you know, the old, if you can't flex, then you better extend. Whereas actually I would say, well, if it hurts flexing, why don't we do a bit of rotation? Um, you know, and that makes sense to me.
1: Yeah, but again, you know, all these narratives are coming from the super stiffness brigades, you know, the keeping everything stable and straight and neutral, you know, the McGill-esque type of narratives, the The Scotch University, yeah, all these sort of, you know, influential characters out there pushing this narrative of anti-rotation, the spine is designed to resist rotation, and it's like absolute nonsense. And I'm not going to say it's never... A role for the spine because it is sometimes keeping the spine stiff and rigid in some situations yeah absolutely can be useful but it's not the only thing it does and you've mentioned it as well in one of your little posts i quite like that you know if the spine was supposed to be stiff it would look like a fucking femur yeah, yeah it, it, it's <laughs> it, it would theme. be multi-segmental no, surely no exactly
0: and people might say well the evolution i would say my view of evolution would be that if it was meant to be Stiff and not move. There wouldn't be an ability to move. It would look like your femur. Um, but some other people may think, well, evolution is not perfect. Sometimes they're flawed designs. Um That's even if
1: these nobbets believe in evolution because it's normally all praise to the Lord, and you know we are created <laughs> in God's image. And evolution is just a, it's a big farmer shill conspiracy theory. <laughs> it, it,
0: and, and God creating us, of course, is not in any way. Um, you know, uh, perpetuated by our uh, by our maybe less educated brothers and sisters out there. But anyway, okay. so... Anyway, I don't want to get into that, that discussion. Oh no, no we're getting into... Whole... Yeah, exactly. Suddenly the BCP is cancelled. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, let's not get into religion. Let's move away oh, from that. No, let's that step might, that away. A bit. Praise the Lord. Let's step away from religion. Um, but anyway, so Stefa... I think that, yes, you are completely right to to do a little bit of low-level mobility work, a little bit of movement, a little bit of movement snacking dosage is really good. And then, um, you know, the idea that it, you can't rotate and things have to be aligned is probably a crock of shit. A big, fat crock of shit. Right, moving on then.
1: Next one. Let's go to David Cooper's question. Another <laughs> Another new contributor to the Thoughtful Thursday section. So David has asked us about advances in technology in general, especially with AI, artificial intelligence, which is uh, quite topical at the moment because you can't seem to turn a corner at the moment without somebody mentioning or talking about AI, the pros and the possible cons. Yep. And he's asking, what changes do you predict slash hope that we may see in the coming years in how we practice as healthcare professionals? I think that's quite a, an interesting question. The role of AI in musculoskeletal physiotherapy Ooh. or any other type of therapy. What do you think, mate?
0: So I reckon the first way I want to answer this question is actually I think the, the role in medicine and the role in MSK may be a little different. Okay. because. If you think about medicine and you think about diabetes or you think about all of these kind of quite established health conditions, yeah, I think the AI role is probably quite clear because there's clear diagnostic parameters, aren't they? We can take you know we yeah. we, we we can take some fairly you know yeah yeah accurate measures of bloods and accurate measures of yeah all of these other factors that that may contribute to some of these health problems that we have. Um, And I think the role of AI in diagnostics and these type of things is probably really, really powerful. I think the problem we run into is when we get into the world of MSK and pain is that we don't have that same type of set pattern recognition um, to use.
1: Why AI might be better than us humans at being able to do that. Maybe it is just that we are unable to recognise the complexity of the patterns with all the variables, but AI probably could do that better than us. Who knows?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I suppose we have to come to a point where we know exactly what those variables are reliably. And maybe that's going to be a role of AI. Exactly right.
1: I think that may be the part, you know, that it plays. It might start to, you know, with big data, be able to determine and tease out what are these factors that are reliable and consistently contributing to certain individuals predictions of you know risk of getting certain musculoskeletal conditions and their risk of having poor outcomes with certain types of interventions or treatments for these musculoskeletal conditions
0: yeah yeah uh, and, and we absolutely might get to that point um I I suppose, you know, it kind of runs contrary to... I know that we would both push the idea of the human being in pain and, you know, and uh, I suppose sometimes, though, that AI type of thing is the ultimate expression of biomedicalism, isn't it? You know, you input... I I mean, let's put it into
1: a different situation. Do you think AI can help improve horticulture and gardening and, you know, these other, you know areas where there isn't you know clear black and white you know predicting the weather AI can do that probably a bit better now it's yeah. got more data. yeah so you know that's there's it's a lot of chaos and complexity and yeah. variability there yeah so, but, you know if it, if it can be better at predicting weather why can't it be better at predicting who is going to get back
0: pain and people yeah know? no no I, I don't disagree with that I don't disagree with that I, I just think that a lot of the issues that we see with healthcare stem from factors that maybe aren't always to do just with those risk factors and diagnostic factors and those type of things the human element the human element and that people want to be listened to and actually they want to come and talk about their problems and almost in some ways that's part of the therapeutic process you know
1: absolutely i don't think ai can replace the humans is a context Hmm. you know side of it when it comes to talking discussing and you know going through all the woes and the issues and the concerns that people have i don't think a computer voice yep. is ever but that's done. the
0: danger isn't it i think
1: yeah well yeah i suppose risky is that you know you you, you remove the therapist completely out of the equation but yep. I, I think you know definitely there is role here for ai to help us learn how to deal and how to assess probably better uh, i just yep. don't really, yep. say think it's going to replace a therapist enable to give care, compassion, empathy, understanding, reassurance as well. Because a a robotic voice telling Mrs. Miggins, you have nothing to worry about here. You have no significant risk factors. You have just non-specific back pain. You will be okay in six to eight weeks. You just need to keep moving. Here is some simple exercises on a sheet of paper for you. Thank you very much. See you next week isn't going to go very fucking very well for Mrs. Miggins, I can sure. I
0: don't know. I think that sounds like a lot of rehab that happens anyway, doesn't it? Well, yeah, (laughs) that's pretty much my spiel for non-specific. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I just throw in a few jokes and maybe a couple of swear words and, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know what? I was thinking about this the other day. I would really like to see research that took, say, something like acupuncture And I'm going a bit off-piste, but I'd like to see a robot apply acupuncture or ultrasound versus a therapist apply acupuncture or ultrasound and just see what the difference in outcomes might be.
1: Yeah, I don't know whether I was going crazy on doom scrolling, but I'm sure I saw somebody somewhere posting something about a a robot masseuse.
0: Oh, really? I I posted that that question on Twitter.
1: But yeah. yeah, I'm sure I saw a video of somebody saying it's the future. This is the new masseuse of the next century. And it looked like one the masseuse of masseuse messiah. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, you know one of those robots that builds a car, you know, on a. On a uh, yeah, 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 back. yeah. It's just one of these big arms. It, goes yeah. it was yeah. like one of those, but it had like a rubber hand. On the, yeah, exactly. And would like you, you prefer that,
0: desert. you know, would you prefer that to the gentle soft touch of a. Human, do you see what I mean? And I bet you most people would have a different outcome from being massaged by Mickey the robot than they would from Marion the you know, the, the soft tissue masseuse, yeah, the soft tissue masseuse, absolutely, who plays her whale music and touches you gently. Just as you desire. Don't, um, don't say
1: that with masseuses; they get all a bit upset when you talk about whale music and joysticks in their clinics. Oh, I love like, that no, stuff. I don't. It's not just that.
0: No, huh? no, 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 no. But I mean, that's the, that's what I would like if I go for a, for a massage. I'm not into all that deep tissue malarkey. I want pure escapism. You know that yeah. that's the uh, that that's the, the what I personally would desire, and I think there's a wonderful role for that. Actually, I think that's uh, you know.
1: You and me that's both. Crazy. I don't understand people who want to go for a massage and just want to be pummeled. Who want to feel like feel 12, twelve rounds with yeah. Mike Tyson. It's just like it's the weirdest thing, you know. It's like, why do you want to go for something that's supposed to make you feel relaxed and calm and light and fluffy, and end up feeling like you've been beaten up? I don't get it.
0: Yeah, I have woken up after soft tissue massage, and or, or you know, like sports massage before, A, it really hurt. And I woke up the next day, like I had flu. All my body ached. I felt terrible actually. And maybe that was all those toxins that have been That's released about by cyanobium fluid. I don't
1: know. It's splashing out the negative toxins and the chi yeah. and the energy from you. That's why it's good. It's good to feel bad after a massage. Oh, how-
0: I just feel like I've gone 10 rounds with Mike Tyson and that doesn't feel that great. So, so, um, well, getting back on, on on top of the question, I think there there are real benefits in some ways to the to the use of AI in health, but I also think there are potential pitfalls and dangers that you know that, that we understand that pain is not a bunch of numbers and and these type of things. And uh, yeah, how do we align those two perspectives? I think is going to be the interesting um, the yeah. outcome. I think-
1: yeah. AI is more big picture stuff. I think it's more looking at global population level type of yeah. assistance in helping us. But when it comes to that one-to-one individual contact, I don't think AI is ever going to replace that.
0: No. Yeah. Fair enough. Good. But great question, David. Thank you so much for asking. Yeah. And that was a cracker. The, yeah. And the last one we're going to look at is from Philip Coleman out there in in the wonderful world of New Zealand. Very beautiful. I'm visiting in November. Um, and he uses a quote that I use on my courses, actually, quite regularly. It says, Arsene Wenger, the former Arsenal manager, said that 20 years Come on, ago... on, you gunners. <laughs> ...said that 20 years ago, a hamstring strain kept a footballer out of the game for six weeks, and today, with all our advances in technology and sports science and you know, medical intervention and all these different things, um, it's still um six weeks uh, and i, I and
1: yeah you can't speed up human physiology
0: yeah yeah as there is an i Ill-
1: think i'm a fast healer and a slow healer all right there are some things that can delay healing sure there are some yeah, yeah. factors there but no the, the people call themselves fast healers it always makes me smile a little bit internally when i hear that i'm like
0: you can't speed up human physiology very very unlikely yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There is a process to go through. And, like, here's a great example with ACL injuries that actually strength below eight months is a risk factor for re injury. So, the stronger you are, the more likely you are to re injure yourself because there is. So, there was a, a great paper, I think I reviewed it on the BCP, that showed that strength being stronger up to eight months was actually a risk factor for re injury for ACLs. So being sh- the stronger you were because the injured people- leg being stronger than a non-injured leg yeah absolutely or, or, or just being generally stronger yeah. um and, and the reason that the rationale that they gave was that it's great that you're strong but too many people are going back too early because they're using strength as the primary indicator and yeah. not
1: time yeah. Okay. That's a good point. But the other thing it could also be is that stronger people just tend to move at faster speeds at higher intensities. So it could also be that they're just putting more forces, loads through their bodies as they're moving quicker.
0: Um, but that went away at this eight month stage. So so at this eight month stage.
1: Oh, the, so that's the, the time, it was the time factor.
0: Yeah. Exactly the point. So, so the point really is that if you're using these objective markers, one of the other objective markers needs to be that basic time frame of at least eight months, because that's going to give you uh, the biological strength of the tissue, you know, not your ability to express force, but the actual integrity of a tissue to be able to take that force and take those loads. And I think that point, you know, it's exactly the same Um Uh, you know we see that don't we with muscle injuries with acl injuries time is a big factor
1: things just take time and it's always going to be longer than you want or anybody else wants and that's the the part and parcel of the situation of life that we're in everybody wants to go back quicker sooner and faster and totally understand that desire who doesn't but no we just have to be open and honest and say to people it just takes time you just got to keep grinding it out and keep going regardless of time because you know as I say there's just standard physiological markers and factors that have to be taken into consideration
0: yeah and I and I will say if we come away from like injury and we look at pain for example um I, I, I do think there are prognostic factors that we see that do have an effect you know whether that people's beliefs and their expectations and their level of pain and these type of things uh, and but maybe some of these things that are in physio treatments as Phil puts it um maybe some of those things aren't even biological you know they're uh, they're, they're psychological uh, and and that's another factor that we have to consider you know it's not just uh it's just
1: thing. occupying people's attention and time whilst time ticks along as well
0: yeah, I mean, and someone else on on that thread here has put this, uh, the art of medicine, the classic Voltaire quote. And this has actually been challenged. I've seen some people say, did Voltaire actually say it? I don't really care if he said it. It's a pretty good quote. Let's not let truth get in the way of a good story. I um, think, <laughs> you know, that's a bit that's a that is. Um, you know Rupert Murdoch probably once said, "Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> probably said all the time." Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Stop do with this. Truth. The truth when it sells newspapers, uh, yeah, doesn't the truth just get in the way? It does. Um, it's inconvenient. Yeah, but I, I, you know, I, I do think that there is a basic, and this is the point. Um, me and you both stress this. I think with our teaching is understanding, you know, the, the parameters of natural history, understanding, you know, the the prognosis and the prognostic factors it, is a really important thing.
1: It's one of the uh, first things I think everybody should be aware of, and it seems to be one of the things that I find a lot of therapists are totally unaware of. I don't know what that is. It's, it's crazy. The amount of times I ask the question, you know, for something like standard case of non-traumatic, no clear mechanism onset of subacromial shoulder pain, what's the average duration of the... Uh, 12 weeks. Even you've underestimated it as well. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. And what, what uh, we so say The now? mean is actually closer to six months, 5.6 months. Oh, really? Is it as long as that? Okay, yeah. 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 So, yeah, yeah. Again, it, it's one of these conditions that everybody thinks, you know, six yeah. to 12 weeks, it's going to be all right. But no, for subac- standard subachromal shoulder pain, rotator cuff related shoulder pain, whatever the fuck you want to call it these days, um, yeah, the average is closer to six months than three months. Okay, fair, good. Well, I and learned you have something to new have today. problems as well. If you have got a little bit of neck-related issues as well as subacromial issues, you can sort of double that time. It can be closer to yeah. a year. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 and I think there's a lot of that. You know, people underestimate frozen shoulder. They. Yeah. Look, uh, go on then. What's the
1: average duration for that? Do you think the mean, well, I mean duration?
0: I mean, I know that the outside limit would be like seven years. Um, yeah, and then, that's, that's,
1: that's an outlier. But, that's
0: an know, outlier, mean, yeah. I, yeah I, would say, I would say people talk about self-limiting at around a year, but I probably think one to two years is probably a safer bet. I think somewhere between one and two years. You're going to go higher yeah, than that?
1: Higher. Yeah, yeah. Again, I was really surprised. Again, diving into the research a bit more. Here. I was saying the same thing. Around 18 months, I thought was the mean duration. I'd be yeah.
0: hugely underestimating. Oh okay. Duration's 30 months. Oh, 30 months. So you're talking nearly so three you, years. Yeah, two and a half years. So so also I think what we do have to differentiate is kind of full recovery from partial recovery. Well, and there's these, always
1: that debate. What do you mean by yeah, recovery?
0: Exactly. Do you, exactly. Do
1: you mean less pain? Do you mean better function? Do you mean both? Yeah. yeah. So there's always those questions to ask. But you know, generically in the in the systematic reviews, you know, and I I I, I I, I explained to therapists, we got we got to perhaps manage expectations better. hundred uh,
0: percent, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, I always ask the question about your average tennis elbow and these type of things, and people say, yeah, you know, six weeks, where it's probably more like 18 months and then plants off, you know, all of yeah. these different things. And I think these musculoskeletal conditions really can linger can't they linger about and go through ups and go People through? People don't
1: understand the fact that it is just a longer-lasting condition. They want this is why they often end up going for unnecessary treatments, further tests and investigations. Absolutely, and they end up going down in this downward spiral. So it's it's one of the things that I think really drives a lot of unnecessary. Iotro. I can never say this word, iatrogenic bloody issues. And I, yeah,
0: iatrogenic. It's a horrible word to say. I don't know where the fuck someone came out with, you know. But just
1: Why do you put an, an I and an A next to each other? It's yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> medicine harms us. That's all it really means, doesn't it? Or injury from, from medicine. Um, yeah, I, 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 you know, the whole kind of understanding a bit of natural history is, uh, and uh, here's a question. That's what I was going to say. And we'll finish on this. I think we talk about all of these different, you know, time frames. If you were to ask most, you know, healthcare professionals, MSK people, anonymously, do you think most people would say they outperform the research? Do you think most people would think that they're... Yeah, I, guys- think,
1: I think confidence will be... Yeah, it's like driving, you know. If you ask a lot of drivers, do you think you're better than the average driver? I yeah, think yeah. A, lot of, a lot. a lot of people say, yeah, I'm a much better driver than the average yeah, driver. Yeah.
0: Whereas actually they're probably, you know... Yeah. So I, I'm quite happy to say, I can imagine coming to see me, um, I probably am not going to outperform, uh, you know, most of what no. you see in the literature. But what I do think I might be able to do is hopefully be a little bit more optimistic and uh, you know, maybe tell you not to stop doing loads of shit along the way. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I, I can be a little bit probably a little bit more clear and certain in the you know explanation yes. and the time frame, and a bit more realistic about things. That's what I often yeah. tell people. But I often get asked that. What what type of physiotherapist are you, Adam? I often say a very bang average one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and you could also I mean and I they think... always think, they always, they always go, Oh, 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 oh you're I thought you were a specialist. I'm like, say... what, what does a specialist mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think we could say Say that most of the time, anything to do with pain is pretty ineffective.
1: Yeah, again, I think you know that what's the saying? You know, the biggest uh, uh, myth about low back pain
0: is that we can actually treat it. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. Can I help you be a bit more informed? can i give you a bit of advice can i help kind of sort out the the chat yeah Yeah, can i can i help sort some of the bullshit stuff can i stop you being really really fearful and things like that i hope so am i going to treat it any better um that's highly highly debatable Were you
1: aware of any research then of what the actual number was when you asked the average physio? Have you come? Has that actually been
0: studied about what they rate themselves as to whether they can? No, 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 no idea. I just think it would be a really nice anonymous poll on Twitter.
1: Yeah, yeah. I Uh, thought you'd come across something where. uh, No, no.
0: Yeah. Do you? You know, given all this, uh, given all this data of how ineffective. Yeah. Yeah. do you think you would outperform? That would be a great
1: little survey. And I, I reckon 80% of therapists <laughs> across all the professions, I reckon 80% yeah. will say, yeah, no, no, I'm, I can get people back sooner, faster than better. Yeah. Yeah, my yeah, laser-guided yeah. fire cupping and my placebo-guided uh, acupuncture needles. Absolutely, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I think there are lots of people that can give pain modulation. I think pain modulation is left, right, and center. Whether that actually makes you get better quicker is another question entirely.
1: Yeah, no, all right. Well, there's a nice little survey or study there. If somebody wants to run a little MSc or a PhD program, I survey, want to be saying- Survey the musculoskeletal therapists and see what their perceptions of skill and performance are based on what the research actually says. That'll be quite an interesting study.
0: Yeah, yeah. And we would be second and third author.
1: Absolutely. Actually, I'll be the last author, because that's where we know all the superiority and the authority actually lies, is that name right at the end. That's the person that you pay attention to.
0: There you go. There you go. Good stuff. All, All
1: right, right. Well, hopefully that's been a good, uh, thoughtful Thursday for you this month. I've quite enjoyed it this month. I have found out some some quite good questions. Uh, not that I don't enjoy the other thoughtful Thursdays, by the way. I don't want to offend anybody else that's asked questions, but it's always good to get some new ones. So again, BCPers, if you're listening to this and you want to ask your questions, don't forget to submit them on the next month's Thoughtful Thursday. And if you're not a BCPer and you're listening to this via the podcast, the BCP podcast, the Better Clinician podcast, come and join us. Come and join the community where you get the option to ask us these questions for Thoughtful Thursday, but also integrate with the fastest growing online musculoskeletal community, of like-minded therapists striving to try and be that little bit better and helping people in musculoskeletal pains and problems. And with our resources and our monthly content, our weekly content, rather, I should say, with our monthly topics that we do, all for just £12 a month, no contracts, no commitments, come and go as much as you like, and we inject a little bit of lightheartedness and humor as well as giving you some up-to-date evidence-based clinical practice as well.
0: And not say we inject a bit of humor as well as injecting a good bit of corticosteroids as well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and a few injections of other things as well every now and again. Yeah. What's the right, shop- Well, as I say, hopefully you come and join us and say we uh, look forward to you just head over to the website uh, www.betterclinicianproject.com.
0: Thank you for listening to the BCP podcast. If you would like to check out the BCP, please go to www.betterclinicianproject.com. There we have literally hundreds of videos on clinical topics, exercise examples for rehabilitation and research reviews alongside features such as Thoughtful Thursday. And please tune in again.